Thank you for tuning in to this week's podcast from Discovery Church. Our hope is that this message would help you seek truth and find purpose. If you would like to know more about Discovery Church, please check us out online at mydiscoverychurch.ca. With that said, let's go to this week's message. Depending on the day, some of the decisions are small and some are big. We make decisions like, do I walk or do I drive? There, I, I, uh, we actually back onto the school, uh, back onto the school that we send Sophia to is at the back of our house. And there are honestly, literally, it's like, it's quicker to walk than it is to drive, but there's still some mornings that we drive. I know it's pretty pathetic, but there are some, so we make that decision. Do I walk or do I drive? Do I take a lunch or do I eat out? Or maybe do I just not eat at all? Do I, this is a big one for me, okay? Do I sleep in or do I take a shower? You're like, what? It's like, honestly, sometimes I'm like, oh, maybe I could do a three-minute shower and an extra seven minutes of sleep. And uh, besides Sunday morning, Sunday mornings, I'm like, I'm up before my alarm clock. But that's usually one for me. It's like, can I just sleep? I'm like, I don't smell too bad. I don't have any meetings today. I don't need to shower. Uh, Don't judge me. That's a decision that you can make right now. Don't judge. Uh, Do I play with my kids or do I watch my favorite TV show? Some, some decisions might be a little bit heavier. Do I quit my job and look for a new one, or do I stay? Or maybe there's a decision, do I sign to the divorce papers, or do I stay and try to work things out? Do I insert your decision in the question that you ask yourself here? Many of the decisions that we make every day, we, we make hundreds if not thousands of decisions every day, but so many of the decisions that we make are actually now habits and we, we make them without realizing that we make them. Many decisions that we make don't just happen naturally because they have been routine and we don't even realize that they are decisions. And others take a little bit more brain power. But what if the decisions that we make had a part to play in the story that we tell about our lives. I'm, I'm actually really excited for this series. Like, every series has been good, and I, I love to speak. I, I feel like this, this series, uh, for the next six-ish weeks, depending on how six weeks go, but six weeks is planned, but um, there's a few other thoughts that are rolling around in my head that it, it, might, be one, it might be a seventh week in there, but I just feel like it's, it can be super practical for us, something that we can actually tangibly put into practice today that will help us live a better life in the future. And, but the thing is, we all have a story, and we talked about, uh, in, if you remember uh, our This Is Us series, was the second series that we had, and we, we talked about all of our values that we have as a church, and if, you're, if this is your first time, or if you've been new since sort of after Christmas, I, I encourage you to maybe go back and listen to our This Is Us series online, uh, right on our, our, our webpage, or through, through uh, iTunes, and download the podcast. But in our This Is Us series, we talked about how we value process, and essentially that we're all in process and that without process there's no progress. And that how all of our lives are unique because everyone is a different story that's being told. And we're all at different parts in our story, but we all have a story uh, that is unique to us. And the decisions that we make today will determine the star- stories that we tell about our lives tomorrow. But even beyond that, not just the stories that we tell about our lives. But there's going to come a time where we're non-existent in, in the physical flesh anymore. 
And the decisions that we make today will actually determine the stories that our grandkids and our great-grandkids and our great-great-grandkids and, and, and people will tell about our lives. The decisions that we make today have a huge impact on the future story of our lives. And as we, we start this decision, this, uh, decision to start this series, um, we, we do need to come to grips with one thing. Before we start, we have to come to grips that we cannot change the past. What is already in the past, what has already happened in our lives, what's already happened in our stories, is, is already done. Nobody can go back and start a new beginning. But this is, this is important. If you're like note-taking, if you're tweeting, if you're Instagramming, this, this is an Instagram quote for you, okay? Nobody can take, go back and start a new beginning, but anyone can start today and make a new ending. Can I say that again? Nobody can go back and start a new beginning. It's impossible. But anyone can go, uh, start today and make a new ending. Today's talk uh, is titled Once Upon a Time. I remember it was once upon a time when I was about seven years old. Uh, I was being uh, looked after. I don't want to call it babysit because I was always too big to be babysat. My, my cousin was taking care of me and he was probably about 13, 14 years old. And I grew up in the East Coast, uh, a little town in Newfoundland. And uh, there was this, this beautiful river that ran through our town. And uh, one, one time... Back in the early 1900s when, when pulp and paper and making paper and like old school, like floating logs down the river and making dams, all that, there was a, there was a pulp and paper mill in the early 1900s in, in my community. But uh, one year into the production of pulp and paper, uh, the, the, dam, the dam that would build up all the pressure and create all the energy for the pulp and paper to be made actually collapsed. And because of the collapse and the economy, uh, the, the uh, the business that owned the pulp and paper mill actually went bankrupt. So here is this huge dam in our community uh, on this river that was now accessible to everybody, but it was broken. But because the, the, the dam backed out water, it was a, an awesome swimming hole. It was, it was like the place that we would all go swimming. But I was only seven years old, and I couldn't swim yet, and I definitely couldn't swim in what they called the steady. That was our, that was our special swimming spot in, in Kelmelton. It was the town I came from. So my cousin, who was uh, 13, 14, and his friends, they went swimming, and, well, I had to go along because he was taking care of me, so I'm walking along, and, and we get to the swimming hole, they all jump in, but I know that I'm too little to go jump into this steady. So what does a seven-year-old, an ADD, very active, very energetic seven-year-old do when everybody else is swimming, and I'm kind of like looking around for, there was no phones, there were no iPads, there were rocks, which I usually got in trouble when I threw them. Because he would hit people intentionally. I seen this dam that had fallen apart. So I decided, you know what? The dam like fell over and it created like a perfect slide. It was this huge piece of concrete that fell over. I'm like, well, they're out swimming. I'm going to climb to the top of this dam and I'm going to slide down like any seven-year-old would. And you do it once. I'm like, that's fun. And you do it again. And again and again, and they're swimming, they're having a fun time, and I'm just sliding down this piece of concrete. And eventually the time comes uh, for us to go home. And I'm, again, this hyperactive kid, out running in front of everybody, my friend, not my friends, after this moment, they definitely one of my friends, but um, 
My cousin's friends are all walking behind me, and I'm out running out in front. And in Newfoundland, if you've ever been near an ocean, in the afternoon, there's a sea breeze that comes up. It's cool. You've got to put a hoodie on. Uh, and the sea breeze started coming up, and there's, there was a beautiful day, and the wind was coming off the ocean. And I'm running up in front of these people, and I hear, I hear the friends starting chuckling and, and laughing a little bit. And I'm like, oh, they must be having a really fun time. And, and all of a sudden, the wind comes up in an abnormal way, and I feel something in a place, in a region that I shouldn't be feeling the wind and at seven years old what I didn't take into account is that concrete creates friction against clothing and clothing will lose when it's rubbed against concrete for an abnormal amount of time and as I'm running out in front of these people I feel wind on my gluteus maximus in a way that I'm like oh no and I put my hands back and I realize I have worn completely through my pants completely through it. My, my, my butt is showing. I'm seven years old. Here's all the cool 13, 14-year-olds, and I am like cowardly in like embarrassment. I don't get embarrassed easily, but if there was a moment in my life that I wish I could relive, it would be that one. It would definitely be that one. Do you have a moment in your life that you wish you could relive? A moment that you're probably not proud of? A moment that you wish you had a do-over Or handled differently. A decision that you may have made that didn't have the result that you were hoping for. I could probably dive into everybody's mind and you're probably like, yeah, there's a few decisions in my life that I wish I could have done over. The Bible talks about a few uh, gentlemen that probably wishes they had a do-over. If you're here and this is your very first time, you know what? I might talk, talk about a couple stories that you, you're like, man, I may have heard a little bit about that. Uh, they're, they're stories from the Bible. If you don't own a Bible, we'd love to give you one. If you'd visit our guest center after the service, uh, our, our uh, guest host there would love to give you a Bible. But maybe some other people are like, man, I know these stories. But once upon a time, there was a guy by the name of Samson who uh, fell in love, or what he thought was love, with a, with a girl that that God didn't want him to live. But Samson was a super strong individual. If you watch VeggieTales, he was probably a tomato. But he was a super strong individual. God gave him extra strength, extra, uh, extra power to overcome his enemies. And it was, it was an abnormal strength. Like it was superhero kind of strength. He would kill like armies with the jawbone of a donkey. He would like push pillars down of these huge temples. And it was just crazy how much strength that he had. And he fell in love with this, this woman and... Uh, she deceived him, and he ended up telling her the source of his strength. She told his enemies. The enemies came in, cut off his hair, which was the source of his strength, bound him up, imprisoned him, gouged out his eyes when he didn't have strength anymore. There's probably a moment, I would think there might be a moment in Samson's life that he wishes that he could relive. Once upon a time, there was a, there was a boy by the name of David and uh, this is probably one of the most famous, famous uh, Bible stories because it's like the ultimate underdog story. There was a boy by the name of David who was a shepherd and would kill lions and kill bears. He was the same David that killed Goliath and freed the Israelites. And, one, and he became king of all of Israel. But there was a moment that he was supposed to be out to war. 
And he decided to send all of his troops out and he was going to stay home. And he was hanging out on the top of his palace. And he looked out over the edge of his palace and, and his neighbor had a, a very beautiful wife. And the wife was bathing on top of, of the roof. And what you would do in those days, that's what you would do. She was bathing on top of the roof and, and, and David fell in lust. And he sent for her. And she came and uh, they uh, got together. She became pregnant. And to try to hide it up, uh, he sent for her, her husband who was out fighting his battle to come home to see if they can uh, to be intimate, that they can sort of pawn, uh, like trick him into thinking that it's his baby, but he wouldn't because his people were out fighting. So what did David do? David uh, said to this man, when, when you go back out, I want you to be on the front lines. And what happens is in those days, if you were on the front lines, it was like, like signing your death sentence. So the husband went out to battle, killed. David becomes an idolater and a murderer. I wonder if there was a moment in David's life that he wishes he could relive. Once upon a time, there was a guy by the name of Saul, who uh, Saul would actually like, gather people together, gather crusades of people to go and kill Christians. He would stone Christians, he would, he, would, he would taunt them, he would persecute them, he would throw them in prison because he thought that was what was right. And then he had this encounter on a road to Damascus with Jesus Christ, and out of this great light, there was this encounter that, Paul, that Saul had where he'd seen his name change to Paul. And he came to realize that all of his persecution and all of, all of his attempts, all the people that he killed and all the people that he put in prison was, was, was incorrect, was wrong. I wonder if there's ever a moment in Paul's life that he wishes he could have relived. If you continue reading each one of these stories, we actually see that Samson goes on to be a, it was a, it was a great warrior and, and crushes the enemy by pushing the pillars of, of the temple down. We see that David is still a man after God's own heart, after being, a, being an idolater and a murderer. And then we see that Saul actually gets his name changed to Paul and becomes one of the greatest Christians to ever walk the earth. And actually, Paul is responsible for bringing the gospel to Gentiles. And for the most part, chances are in here, we're all Gentiles. If it wasn't for somebody that actually had a, had a colorful past, would the gospel even be to us? Individuals that did so much for God still had moments in their lives that they wish they could do over. One thing I love about the Bible, so many, people, so many of us don't read it enough. I don't read it enough. Some of it's just a dust collector at home. But if I was to write a book, I want to write about all the good stuff. I want to make, like, the readers like it. I don't, if I was to tell a story about David, I don't want to tell all the, all the messy stuff. I want to talk about how he was a great warrior, how he killed Goliath, how he became the king, how he was a man after God's own heart. But the Bible don't leave out the stuff that maybe would make us question, well, was David really it? man for God's own heart. They don't leave out the mess of his life. And it kind of puts it in perspective because we all know that we've got mess. We all know that there's things in our lives that we wish we had do-overs with. We all know that there's moments in our lives that if we could change, we would change. And I read some of these stories in the Bible and I'm kind of like, man, they got put in the Bible. 
I haven't killed anybody yet. I hope not to. And it kind of gives me this reassurance that God doesn't disqualify us. David, a man after God's own heart, wasn't disqualified because of his mess-ups. And it's crazy to think that God, God doesn't look at us and be like, ooh, I can't use him. He's way too bad. Or I can't use her. Did you just see what she did? We do it to ourselves. We disqualify ourselves often. But God never disqualifies us. I wish there were do-overs. There are some things in my life that I wish I could just erase. But there's not. There's no do-overs. We don't have like a special go past go without paying or go, go through jail. It's not a monopoly. Life is not a monopoly, even though that would be a pretty good sermon series. I'm sure we could find something on that. But it's always good to remind ourselves that our story is not over. It's not too late to change the story that you'll tell one day. Another another tweetable moment right here. Events cannot be unwritten, but they can be redeemed. Events cannot be rewritten or unwritten, but they can be redeemed. No matter how desperate, no matter how uncertain or afraid or stuck you may feel right now, your story is not over. You might think your story is tragic or unbelievable or horrific or boring or maybe even funny, but we don't know how it ends. And it's not too late to change. And you're like, well, how do I change? Okay, you're you're telling, Lauren, you're telling me my story is not over. Up to this point, my story is a horror story. I'm on my third marriage. I've been bankrupt. I've, 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 just had to give back my car. Uh, I, I, I don't even know where I'm sleeping tonight. My story is, is a horror story. How can I change? Change starts one decision at a time. One decision at a time. See, our days are filled with decisions. Some are big, some are small. Do I walk, do I drive? Small decision. Do I sign a divorce papers or do I stay? A little bit more of a bigger decision. Do I eat McDonald's or do I eat a salad? McDonald's every time. Not a good decision. Big decisions are important, but a truly meaningful life doesn't happen through a few big decisions. A truly meaningful life is built by stacking hundreds and hundreds of smaller ones. Each decision that we make, no matter how small, can have a huge impact. And the best decision is the next one that will help you be the person that God created you to be. best decision is the next one that will help you be who God created you to be. You might be here thinking, man, it's too late to change. It's too late to change the story that I'll tell one day about myself. You might be feeling that. You might be thinking about, man, I'm so far gone. 
going to call Ange back up. Can I tell you that it's not too late to change? You might not be able to fix everything in this very moment. And you might look at your life and see that there's a hundred things that you wish you could change. I wish I could save money. I wish I could stop watching porn. I wish, uh, I, wish I could uh, travel more. I wish I, I could keep a job. I wish I wasn't on my fourth relationship. And you might not be able to fix everything that you want to fix today by making one decision. But change comes by making one decision at a time. And today, no matter where we're at, there is a decision that you can make today to start change for a better story in your future. No matter how desperate, uncertain, or afraid, or stuck you might feel right now, your story isn't over. Hundreds, if not thousands of decisions that we make every single day affect the stories that we will tell and our children will tell and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren. Any day you choose, you can start something new and allow God, who is the finisher of our faith, to help you complete what he has called you to start. See, God will finish your story. So many times our, our, our lives are, are, are super messy or we feel like they're messed up because we try to take our story into our own hands. Instead of saying, God, here's my life, create, create a story. See, God wants to make stories, beautiful stories and amazing stories of redemption and generosity and faith and love. But in order for God to make those stories out of our lives, we have to make the step and say, God, I'm allowing you to take control. And the decision is yours. What if your story read something like this? Once upon a time, there was a husband and wife. It could never seem to pay their bills. Always living in debt. Didn't know how to save. But they started living in generosity and realized that God provides everything they need. And they decided to start giving to a church. Just a little bit. Instead of giving 10%, they started with 1%. And as they seen that God continued to provide and continued to bless them, they were more generous. They would, they would pay for people's meals. And then they, they found out that there was some money that they could start saving, and, and they would save it, and then they would give it to somebody in need. And all of a sudden, the, the 1% started to become 2%, and the, the 2% started to become 10%, and, and all of a sudden, they were realizing that they were only living off half of their income and God was providing everything they needed. Once upon a time, there, there was a man 
went for a, a checkup, and, and the doctor said to, to him, if you don't start eating healthier and exercising, you might have two years left in your life. And he contemplated what he would do. And he's so glad that he started eating healthier and exercising because he could walk his daughter down the aisle to her wedding. Once upon a time, there was a teenager, teenage girl that would give, her, give herself away to anybody that showed her a little bit of love or showed her a little bit of, of, of acceptance. But she came, she came into grips with a, with a God who truly loves her unconditionally and now has a family of three and a caring husband and they serve in the local church just give everything they got just to see people loved what's your story what's one thing you can start today it might not be huge it literally might be taking your debit card and going out and giving ten dollars to discovery church not for me we don't give for me we give because it releases our hearts God so many times there's things that hold on to parts of our lives and money's usually one of them that's one decision that you can make today start a path of a better life maybe it's picking up that dusty bible that you stole from a hotel room that the Gideons put there years ago and start reading it maybe that's a decision today maybe you decide instead of charging your cell phone by your bedside because it's your alarm clock you decide to you know what I'm going to leave my cell phone plugged in on the island because the same cell phone that you read your Bible on is the same cell phone that you watch porn on when you can't sleep at night or it's the same cell phone that you decide to surf social media when you should actually be uh, maybe chatting to your spouse about how our day was what decision can we start today that will help us tell the stories that we want to tell about ourselves in the future? Thanks for taking time to listen to this week's message from Discovery Church. If this ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love to hear about it. Please email us at info at mydiscoverychurch.ca.